Astro, no. You're listening to Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. What you know about rolling down in the deep? When your brain goes numb, you can call that mental freeze. When these people talk too much, put that shit in slow motion. Yeah, I feel like an astronaut in the ocean. Ay, what you know about rolling down in the deep? When your brain goes numb, you can call that mental freeze. When these people this is episode much, 89 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. I'm Ted. He's Wacy. And uh, 89 episodes, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, 89. Who's number 89? Pavel Buknevich. Did he help you win your matchup this week? Man, he was buzzing. Who Dude, else the is Rangers 89? Are... Oh, I'm trying to think of who else would be 89. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not up to date on my hockey history that far. But so the next episode is my birth year episode. 90. Number 90. Aaron Watson coming in hot. Ooh, then we've got, uh, what else? We've got Keith Ryan Cartwright coming up to talk about his new book. And nice. I had an email from... Uh, Another guest or two in the works, so we've got nice. some things got are some happening. Cool shows, yeah. We're planning on with Chad it's so cool. It's so cool, man, to think about like how far we, we've come with this. I know we talk about it here and there, but uh, yeah, I, I was chatting. I was chatting with. I was chatting with uh, with some friends yesterday and like telling them about kind of like going back back on some of the people we've talked to and stuff we've had. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty neat. We're we're pretty fortunate to to get to this point. So thanks to everyone for taking yeah. the time to talk to us. Uh, weirdos we've been appreciating and those who it. listen to us yeah. i still can't believe that yeah. man whenever, i remember people i see like some listen. cowboy shit gear out in the wild like it's so neat to see yeah people people supporting us and and buying into the to the thing you know like it's cool have you actually seen it in the wild yet i don't think i have i don't I think have. i've well, seen well, i told people. you i've seen it on like dating apps and stuff and i've seen it oh under, like, yeah that's app. that is the wild I, yeah, the, I, I, that's the I, true I, wild if you see cowboy <laughs> yeah, shit Tinder, that yeah, is exactly. the wild the true wild, but and even like I've seen a few times like out in a boat, I've, I've seen a couple hats here and there. And then anytime really? like one of my buddies will be like, will be out or they like they'll wear their gear and send pictures or whatever, right? And my dad, my dad sent me some pictures of a good friend of his, he's like from down in the states who like apparently loves our show and like he really like, at the gear everywhere and stuff. So it's really cool. Yeah, it's oh, it's, that's it's, neat. It's, it's cool to see people, yeah, people loving it. Yeah, thanks for buying our shit, people. Appreciate it. We thanks uh, for buying our shit. <laughs> yeah, thanks for buying our shit. We uh. We've sold we've sold a bunch of it, got it in a bunch of different stores. It's way exceeded our expectations on what we Well, were and even like in the pandemic, it. man, like it's pretty oh, yeah. it's so cool to see the support when times are tough, you know, like there's not a lot of extra cash floating around for people and lots of people choose to spend their hard earned money on what we've got going on. So it's it's really neat. Appreciate it. We appreciate it a lot. Thanks for listening and thanks for thanks for buying our shit. Like I said, we got uh, new stuff if you haven't seen it yet, cowboyshit.ca um it's in stores now all across canadia um looking to get into the u.s a little bit more but we'll uh we'll get there we'll get there eventually it's all right basically we'll, we got we got cowboy shit for any occasion golf true. course yeah weddings speaking of golf courses we got out for a couple rounds now we i guess the last last time i've been out for one now i've got three in a couple of nines 118 with you we went the other night got kind of cold but it was a nice day but it was then, awesome man yeah got out for another nine yesterday played like shit but Today we woke up and there's about six inches of snow on the ground and it's coming down. We got to make a big road trip starting tomorrow or today, this afternoon, actually. We're, gonna, we're loading up, getting ready to go. But um quite the quite the uh the weather change going from plus twenty-one yesterday down to about you know negative something. We've got a bunch it's of crazy. And it's, it's gonna be ah. back above above zero again tomorrow. So it's crazy. Oh, yeah, the it's snow like will all springtime, springtime in Alberta for you, but it's been fun, yeah. man. It's I 
my first time being a member. So it's been sweet to be able to book tea time seven days out. And I've really been enjoying it so far. You know, other than the fact I've been golfing like garbage, but that's fine. How many have you got in so far? Where are you at? Four. You've already been to four. Valley four times? No, I've been to Valley three, Speargrass one. And then okay. I have four tea times next week. Nice. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday. Oh yeah, but Thursday it looks like it might get shitty again. Yeah, I might I might pull the pin on that one. We'll see. I'm a fair weather golfer. So. We might turn out. We'll see how cold it is. Um yeah. nice, man. Nice. Well, we'll uh what's your goal for this year? How many are you my gonna goal, try and get in? Okay, my goal for the season. I I don't have a number of rounds in mind. I'm just gonna golf and whatever. Like hopefully like I want to obviously golf enough to justify my membership. But yes. my goal is to break 95 times throughout the season. Be under then, 90. Yeah. And then be, and then consistently golf under a hundred like every time is my goal. Yeah. But Nice. That'll take some time. Nice to see. Yeah. Um, that's my great. goals for the season. Good Pretty goals. reasonable, I would say. What are you going to do to get there? How are you going to achieve these goals? Practice, practice, put in the work, man. Yeah. The Swing the clubs, figure out, figure out what, where I'm at with all that. I've been watching wow. lots of golf videos and how to, how to swing properly and what to think about when you're doing that kind of stuff. And then my brother gave me a good tip about, cause got, he got like, they're his old irons he gave me. And so they're new to me. And yeah. he like he like would go spend time at the driving range and, and he would like write down the actual distances that he hits these clubs so he knows. And for me, that's gonna be valuable because right now, once I get within 150 yards, it's pretty much a crapshoot in what club I'm picking. So I'm, I kind of have an idea, but I'm still. It would be nice to just roll up and know exactly what you need to do and like know what you're gonna get out of each club. So that's that's gonna be the work I put in over the next while here. So I just go. I just go. I just golf consistently. You know, like like a couple times a week, a couple, three times a week and yeah. just go, go a bit early and hit some balls or if I have a day, I just go to the driving range and chill out. Like we have access to that stuff now with it as being yeah. a member. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's a, I, I appreciate, I've, I've appreciated the investment lately to go and get out there. It's been, you know, I oh, can't do much nice, else. Man. At least that, at least we're not like Ontario and didn't have the golf courses shut down. I hope that we don't have to no. hope we'll have that be able to stay open. It's wild. How much have value there is in that. It's, like, it's wild how much value there is in like getting outside and doing that activities like you know oh yeah like especially after a long winter like that where we had no hockey and i mean i, got, I can only go skiing so much and it was just a long winter of not and doing it's much. expensive as shit that's just it you know and have being able to go to the golf and course cold. now or, and yeah and there's stuff coming like like with when like with summer like I, i'm pumped for bike season as well and yeah whatever like just being able to get outside and not be sh- shackled to being inside your house or apartment is a it's a nice thing even like when we're out on uh Wednesday, I think it was. It was beautiful, man. We started at 4 p.m. Yeah, it was gorgeous. It really, it really didn't get chilly until the last few holes, but yeah, good I mean, thing for layers for mid-April. Like we, you can't really complain about that. Oh yeah, anything right now is a bonus. Compared yeah. to last year, we didn't get out till start of May. So exactly, yeah, it's been so. pretty awesome. The uh, mm-hmm. you were telling me before we started too. You've been you've had a couple different sessions you've been going to as well. It's yeah, yeah. So yeah, a few weeks ago, I decided to start going to therapy, and it was just kind of I was in a a spot where I just needed some like outside counsel, I guess. And, um, it was, it was funny. I, I was like five or 10 minutes before I was supposed to go to my appointment. I was like this close to pulling the pin. I like, cause I thought I was like, you know what? I don't need to go to this. Like I'm fine, whatever. And then, then I went in and then I think I've, I've done three sessions over the past month here now. And it's, it's crazy, dude, how much it's helped. Like I've had so many like aha, like light bulb moments about stuff and just being more like mindful and, and stuff. And it, it's been super helpful with like my anxiety and, and just like, helping like figure out some more stuff about myself and man I, I it's i'm so happy i decided not to pull like t- not to, to to not to bail on it because it, it's been super super valuable and just like again getting to know myself and um that helping out with that mind mindfulness and being in the moment 
has been really nice too. It's, it's like, it's, it's crazy. Like my sleep has been better. Like I'm kind of, a, I have some anxiety that bothers me from time to time and that's been kind of non-existent and just like, it's, it's crazy. I, I never would have thought it would have this much of an impact and I can't advocate enough for like that kind of stuff and how much value there is. And even if you, again, even if you think, if you think you don't need it and you, or whatever, you're kind of curious about it, like go try it out. Like you may not let, maybe it doesn't end up being your thing, but for me, man, it's been unbelievably helpful. And I'm like, I'm so happy and, and, and I don't maybe it's, I don't know if it's been noticeable or not, but um, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, I'm really, really happy. I decided to go down that path. So I've got to mention that I went to, uh, I went to see, uh, I guess a psychologist is what I would guess I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, this was, this was back in like 2016 now, but I did the same thing when I was having a real, really bad time with anxiety. I went and saw, saw somebody two or three times kind of thing. And I haven't been back since probably mm-hmm. time to go again sometime here, but, but it was yeah. there. I agree. It was definitely worthwhile and just kind of, it really calmed me down. And the lady was like, you're not going to have a heart attack from the anxiety. <laughs> like that's not what happens. You may feel like you are, but that's not what's happening. Your body is just reacting in a different, mm-hmm. in a way that's un, um, I guess you could say unhealthy, but un, it's not, it's not the right way that we react, but our minds can get so worked up that we go to our fight or flight instincts. Mm-hmm. So that was a big moment for me, but what, what was it for you? Um, a lot of my, a lot, moments so far? Yeah. The, the first one, man, that's really like uh, stuck with me. The first kind of th- topic we covered was, like the choices that I make, like, so like part of my, the way I am is like, I'm a helper. I want to help my people. And at times I'll like choose these people. And then I, if I feel like I'm not helping them, then I feel like I'm no, of no value. But in, and in, in turn, like these, these choices that I make, and so even in relationships, like mostly in relationships is kind of where we got the topic, but like I would get pulled away from the stuff that like invigorates me or gets me going, like, like being active and whatever it may be. But I just like the helper side of me, like always wants to, uh pulls me towards these people and it's again like it's not a bad thing to be like the way i am but it's also i got to be mindful of when i make these decisions and these choices like am i choosing does it serve me when i make these choices or i'm just making it because i want to help right Mm -hmm. so one of the one of the things i learned at a course called choices that i went to actually here in calgary on recommendation from keenan vine was that we can't take care of others until we take care of ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And as much as we want to help everyone, we have to look after ourselves first, because if we don't, then we're not, you know, if I don't look after myself first, then I'm not going to be of use to anybody else. Cause I'm not in good shape. Myself. It was a, it was we, the last session we talked about. It's like, we all have our own like set of bricks so that like can make us who we are. And whether it be relationships or friendships or whatever, like you can't give your bricks to somebody else. Like you got to like make new bricks with each other. Right. Cause if you have your bricks, I have my bricks and then we, I don't give you mine, but we make new ones together. Right. And rather than that's, that's it serves you better that way. And I guess like the other thing we kind of really talked about, which really helps with my anxiety is like just being present and in the moment and mindful, like, mm-hmm. like not worrying about what I didn't do, get done that at the day. And I don't worry about what's coming to tomorrow. Like I have this, I've been really focusing more on being present and in the moment and it's been really helpful, man. Like I know like in the past and like I spend a lot of time on my phone with the work that we do and whatever. Yeah. And I don't feel like I always have to be on my phone checking those notifications or like I'm missing out on something in that way now. Like, and again, like I've, I started journaling. I have, I have this book that's called like one question a day and it asks you one question a day every day of the year for, and it's five years. So oh, yeah, wow. I just like, spent some time and, and whatever. Um, it's really nice to put some stuff on the paper, but like, it's been crazy how much more at ease I am. Like, I'll just go like 
I mean, it's not, I'm not perfect at it. I mean, like I'll still, you still find yourself, catch yourself, but, I, but, I, yeah, but I'm mindful of it. No, you know, it's not like a subconscious thing anymore. It's like, I, I would set top my mind and I know how to focus on being more present and stuff. And it's been so, it's been so refreshing that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, great. Mm. I'm glad to hear it, man. I'm glad to hear yeah. that it's been helpful. And I know, I know when I went, it was, it got expensive. That's probably why I didn't go back. Cause I think it cost me like 150 a session. Yeah. I got, I got a lucky. Bit of a There's deal, like right? a student, a student deal. Yeah. I got, yeah. got covered for us. So. <laughs> so it's not a bad thing. I guess. But I mean, you, I mean, I mean too, like for a lot of people, if you have benefits, like your benefits cover that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. I don't have any benefits, but I understand what you mean. And I mean, mm-hmm. and I get, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. And I, and I, I respect the fact that you reached out and did that. I don't think, I think some folks don't know where to go and you mm-hmm. know, some aren't willing to. And you even said you, you didn't uh, want to go up until like 10 minutes before you're going to. Yeah. It's, it. Well, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, I didn't like, I wasn't like riddled with anxiety or whatever. I was just like some, like what, and like some stuff that went down. I just kind of questioned a few things and I wanted to talk yeah. to somebody that and it's nice. Like, I, I'm nice so to have thankful. a third party too. That's what I mean. Yeah. I'm so thankful to third, have but just a, like a neutral outside kind of, voice, you know, like yeah. someone who doesn't know me. Like I, I I'm yeah. so thankful that I have a great group of friends and people that support me and I can have these conversations. But there's always going to be a bit of bias in the kind of those conversations you have. Right. Yeah. So being able to talk to somebody who has no idea who I am, has no connection to me and talk about this stuff. Like it's been so great, man. Like, again, like I, I like, I, I didn't feel like I was in a place where I needed, like needed to go and like, whatever. I just kind of was like, Hey, you know, like I was kind of curious and I'm glad mm-hmm. that I, again, didn't, didn't uh, bail on it and decided to go through with it. Cause it's been oh, yeah. extremely helpful. Oh yeah. Well, for anyone that was uh, here for the uh, WCRA show with Scott Davis, that's coming up next, but we just got a little deep into, a, you know, talking <laughs> well, about I, I guess like, well, like one thing before we go, we'll go on to like, yeah. if, if anybody listening, like is curious about this stuff, like, yeah. like feel free to reach out to us and I'll, I'm glad oh, yeah. to have a conversation or if you're like, you're, yeah, like literally like I found mine by like Googling therapy downtown Calgary. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. If you have any questions or just want to have a chat about it or whatever, we can dive deeper into some of this stuff, but yeah. Well, and we should mention too, that, um, these kind of things are, are part of what the sports medicine team does in Canada. So if you're, if you're looking, uh, and you don't want to reach out to us, reach out to, um we're not professionals we we can't mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not gonna be uh, exactly, but, exactly yeah but that's not what i do but i'm gladly i'll gladly you know refer you to somebody that i that mm-hmm. i might know or help you you know get to these guys but again sports medicine they're doing the spring training camp coming up on the 8th and 9th of may and that's uh you know part of the stuff they do is they will help you get connected mm-hmm. to somebody like that that's some of what they're doing and some of what uh, the type osborne foundation is doing as well as mm-hmm. trying to help connect people with the right people if they need help. So if you need help, reach out. We're, you know, we're here. There's we're lots available. of resources and For sure. let us know always around. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, this show again today is with Scott Davis. He's the vice president of the WCRA world champions rodeo Alliance. We had a great conversation with Scott from his office at his house at his barn in Texas. So <laughs> great. Uh, we really enjoyed the show. Thanks for sharing here this morning, Wacy. And I hope everybody enjoys the show. Episode 89 of Cowboy Shit. I'm Ted. He's Wacey. Back with Scott Davis right after this. The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. The prairie sky is wide and high. Deep in the heart of Texas. The sage in bloom is like perfume. Deep in the heart of Texas Reminds me of the one I love 
Well, he joined us way back on episode 35. He's the vice president of the WCRA from his home office, home uh, barn office in, uh, in, in Texas this week. Scott Davis, thanks for coming back and being our guest once again. For sure. Thanks for having me. God, it's always fun to be with you guys and repeat get the real guests. stuff here. You're, you're like on an exclusive list of our repeat guests. It's not, there's not very many oh, guys going to come back more than once. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I mean, I didn't realize it was episode 35 or whatever. You guys are, a while ago. You guys That's are a long quiet. time ago now. Yeah, geez. I forgot that yeah. was how long ago it was. Good stuff. And this one's already, uh, I guess we're recording this today for May 5th. It's, uh, no, the 21st of April. April. Mm-hmm. So I got my dates all buggered up here for so 89. So the the 35th to 89. So a few shows in between there, about a year. And Our a technology has improved. Yeah. We have right. Now. <laughs> yeah. You guys are both remote now too. I think uh, y'all yeah. were huddled up last yeah. time we did it. On the up. phone at the kitchen table. It's yeah, changed. that's right. The speaker yep. phone. Yeah. Good times. So Scott, tell us about uh, what's happening what have you, you been up to lately? I, the, the, we were just talking baseball. We might as well just start back with the baseball. The baseball's fields open back up in Texas. You guys are rocking again. Meanwhile, we're locked up for lockdown 72 here. And we'll probably, we'll probably get out right. by the time we turn 50. Who knows? Oh, man. Yeah. Like, we were just talking with baseball. I was telling Lacey, it was like, here in Texas, they just sort of ripped the lid off. You know, one day you're in a global pandemic and you got to wear a mask while you're getting your hair cut and the next minute you got 40,000 people watching a baseball game, you know, and, and, and truth is, I don't know who's right, but to Wacy's point to see those full stadiums, like, like that's a sign of normalcy that, you know, I know that, that we need, you know, but I think the world needs, right. Like, I mean, to some degree or other, uh, our human nature has been to survive, um, globally, you know, and all with all the different countries, you know, but like, I'm just glad to see we got through this thing so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm excited about, I tell you what I'm excited about not to leave baseball, but I think rodeo <laughs> has a huge opportunity this summer, right? They're outdoor events, mm-hmm. summer weather. It's very economical for a family of four, Right. Like I look for big things from from a rodeo perspective uh, this summer. I think with the roller coaster of the professional sports landscape, you know, um, we just I think we have a product that should appeal to people. And I hope that rodeo in general sees more people this summer. And I hope that you guys get opened up at some mm-hmm. point up there north someday of the border. do you do you think that rodeo is ready for this like to to like take advantage of an opportunity at this at, at, of, of this nature i guess i think that's a great question you know i, I really <laughs> yeah. do uh you know i i think that i hope i hope like hell we are right like yeah, for and, sure, and that yeah. should be anybody in the rodeo business regardless of your organizational affiliation or or whatnot you should be ready to try to blow it out this year because I think there are a lot of Americans anyway. I mean, I, I get that's where obviously I see most of the news every day. But, you know, there's a lot of fatigue around causes and just some of these things that are going on, the politis, pol, politization, if that's a word, of everything that we do. 
It's yeah. in, it, it leads the headlines. It's crept into our sports culture. Mm-hmm. And that's frustrating because I think that, that Americans anyway use sport to get away. Right. At the end of the day, it was whether your team won or lost and the highest of highs when they won, the lowest of lows when they lost. But you you could forget about the rest of the world. And unfortunately, here in the States, the major stick and ball sports have have spoiled that to a degree. That's a personal opinion, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's fairly common with a lot of people that I know. Well, that's a good a fresh way of looking at it with rodeo, though. A lot of the. I guess the train of thought the way people looked at it is like how dismal it is and how it's kind of, we're in a dark hole of, of the sport, but if you approach it as an opportunity to maybe kind of take advantage of something, I think maybe that could change the way people approach it and like kind of get people excited again for, for rodeo to be back. Absolutely. And I mean, how, you know, I will, I will, I like to say this sort of selfishly, but, but how crucial of a role might we play in broadening the horizon for rodeo by putting our triple crown events on network television. So this summer and into the fall, we'll have these events on CBS, right? The, the, a similar place to the other stick and ball sports where we can hopefully reach out and grab some new fan base through the celebration of, of rodeo on network television. So it's pretty exciting. You know, plus, listen, there's more TV than ever in the history of the rodeo industry mm-hmm. right now with the things that Pro Rodeo and Cowboy Channel are doing. So are we ready? I don't know. But should <laughs> we should we be prepared to gain ground in in fan base? Absolutely. If we're not thinking that going in, then, then we're foolish for doing so. There, When we talked last, Scott, we talked uh, – I liked your take on – on rodeo on tv and and just kind of what we what would i say what we what we spoke about and it was the point you made was that the cowboy channel is essentially the golf channel for rodeo now and the pbr still has the network tv spots as you guys do with the wcra but pro rodeo is mostly all on the golf channel now as in the cowboy channel you, you explained it way more elo- eloquently than I did, <laughs> but, but I, I want to get your take on that. And just, it was, it was an interesting uh, take on it that I hadn't really heard before. And I just wanted to go back. Well, I think, yeah, I, I think that if you look at, um, if you look at a sport like golf, I think that there are a lot of similarities to golf and, and rodeo. These are individuals playing as a group, but competing with one another, you know, and, and the way that, that, pro golfers approach they decide where they're going to go they're only eligible to go certain places through the tiering of the sport but for the fan base you have the the digital and the cable you know the golf channel package where 24 7 it is golf and a lot of people watch that a lot of people watch it and then they have you know like your 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 pro-am and your early practice rounds and things like that. They report from the tournaments and 24 seven golf champ. Then the tournament starts, right? You know, the first round of qualifying, maybe even the second round will be on the sports cable, NBC sports, which also owns the golf channel. And then lo and behold on Saturday and Sunday, you see those 
semifinal and final rounds on network television. So obviously the average, the avid fan follows that front to back, but doing that or that type of media strategy gives you 24 seven in one spot. And then it gives you an opportunity to expose that product to the world at the highest level at network and everywhere in between. So we have digital with ride pass. We have network television with CBS. We don't have that cable window presently with WCRA. We don't have a cable media rights provider. Um, We hope to have that in time. Um, But pro rodeo certainly fills that void because they're on the cowboy channel 24 seven. And there's a, there is a lot of rodeo on TV and that's good for the sport. But do you think that by doing that golf channel framework has rodeo and the PRSA like shackled themselves from capturing a new fan base? Like you talk about with your, with your mm-hmm. national network stuff with WCRA, you might be able to grab that fan that may not have stumbled upon it so easily, but now people have to seek out the cowboy channel to find rodeo. You know, I, I guess, um, I guess the, for me, the pros outweigh the cons with that mm-hmm. because of the lift that's been created by the, the hours and hours of content that are readily available at the Cowboy Channel and through their resources and digital and so forth. But so, so I think, you know, I can't be critical of that mm-hmm. because of the, the depth and width of programming that's there. And, and look, you know, I, I, I told, I know a lot of those folks and I thought they did a hell of a job on the NFR. Like me personally, and granted, I'm that guy, I'm the avid fan, <laughs> yeah. but the coverage of the NFR w- was outstanding. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I didn't watch maybe the red carpet fashion stuff, but I pretty much watched pregame to buckle presentation. And I got to see personally more of the NFR than actually when I've been in attendance in Las Vegas mm-hmm. and the, the craziness of the schedule there. So, you know, I think you, I think you make a great point, but I think right now that's okay. I, I, and, mm-hmm. and I, and I hope, I think it's good for rodeo and I hope there's a day when all of this fits together and that full media strategy is realized, right? Like that's yeah, exactly. when, yeah. when it could really be humming because I believe if we go out and grab that fan base this summer, when there's a tremendous opportunity, like I believe we can show network television that, that we can, we can grow. And if we show them that we're growing and others are declining, then some way, shape, or form, it should mean more television for rodeo. I think one of the things that we're missing is this. Um, well, I don't know. We talk about this all the, time, all the damn time. But, I mean, we don't – there's – in Alberta, in Canada spe- specifically, we haven't had any reason to rodeo in the last year. There's no, there's no major tour. We've had a few bull riding events in the last year. But there's, there, there's been no reason to rodeo because there's no – like, like I said, there's no major tour, unfortunately, and there's no concerted effort to put on events. And it just, it's, it's kind of frustrating, but, but the, the format is flawed up here right now. And I think it's well, that, that same that, way, a lot of places. And that's scary, right? Because I mean, look, I believe that we're nuts to think that last summer, you know, a certain portion of the athlete, I mean, athletes, stock contractors, committeemen, 
you know, largely these rodeos are produced by nonprofit organizations. And there were guys that got to spend that weekend in July with their family or out on their boat or, you know what I mean? And like, whereas the most important thing in their life, athlete or committee person was competing or producing that rodeo, right? So when they see what life is like without that, and maybe there are some positives to that, how does that affect our, our industry? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think we really know that. I don't, and I don't say that critically or doomsday wise, but like these guys, guys need something to do they need a rodeo to put on what's it going to be like in canada next summer if you're two years with no Mm -hmm. significant summer rodeos that volunteer force has found other initiatives in their life whatever they might be right it's a a question even wacy and i were both at the golf course now we're really like (laughs) well it's 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 like it's a good thing you bring up so see like last summer was probably one of the first rodeo or summers of my life where i've never been to a rodeo and then and like one of the first ones in the last like 14 years where I haven't been competing or working at one. And it was kind of refreshing to, to be able right. to go, like for a weekend or try some new things that a guy wouldn't really have an opportunity to. So you make a good point there. Like it, that will be definitely be a challenge moving forward. Yeah. I mean, in the States here, you know, you have Memorial day, you have mm-hmm. 4th of July, and then you have labor day at the tail end of the summer. And it concerns me to wonder how many folks just found something else to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I think from a fan base standpoint, that's okay because I think they'll come back the economics of rodeo and the, mm-hmm. the entertainment value, I think are, are, po- are perfect, you know, and part mm-hmm. of why we're poised to gain ground, but it, it, it's just interesting to see what some of the stakeholders, you know, a lot of times it, it makes sense or, someone justifies how they can go do this and the bottom line is red mm-hmm. right and and when they have a chance kind of in a weird addiction way when they have a chance to sort of live without that or whatever like like what happens well, and it's hard enough as it is to get like those volunteers and people to like jump on board that that's the biggest thing that a lot of rodeos up here struggle with is like they have aging committees and it's so right. hard to get young people involved and then now with you, you kind of take rodeo of the picture and people find other things to do. It's going to be hard to kind of bring those people back to get to where you need in those positions. Well, yeah. How many committees have that lead guy that's late sixties, you know, mm-hmm. maybe early seventies and he lives and breathes that local rodeo. He is the nucleus. What happens when he finds something else to do? Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I just think that I think we have to ask ourselves all those questions. We have to look in the mirror and we have to develop mm-hmm. strategies around it or whatever. Some of that could be good because there is a lot of rodeo. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe this is some phase where we return lighter, you know, and better. But, um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, too, if there's, towns that don't have rodeos anymore that that could be scary as well mm-hmm. do, you, do you think some of these like bigger picture wise what does it look like to have a overarching organization that manages all of rodeo or is it or is that not the case like because we have to move forward to have it like we're in the entertainment business first not we're not really in the rodeo business as get, these certain rodeos right I, I i agree with that you know is there is there a one world order? You know, is there a federation I, I, maybe? 
that, that you know, I don't, sense. I don't know. Um, and I haven't really, I haven't put a ton of thought into how that shakes out, but, but I do know this, um, you know, America has uh, our fair share of problems for sure, but for lack of better word, she was built on this capitalistic structure and the strong survive and the good get better. And the, you know what I mean? And, and so there's a, there's a natural piece of that. Uh, the way that we work our alliances are, um, I would say we try to take sort of a capitalistic point of view, like how will us working together with this organization help them and help us, right? And if you can, if you can net that out, then then you've got a successful relationship. Um, and and so I don't believe sort of in the parasitic approach, which maybe historically rodeo sort of works more like that. Um, you can operate under these guidelines if you meet these criteria and you pay us. Uh, I'm not saying that that's a terrible idea. It's worked for a long, long time, but I am saying that I think there's some place between that and this free market sort of approach where, you know, what do rodeos want? They want to sell tickets. They, they need athletes, right? The better the rodeo, the more athletes come, the better the rodeo, the higher the entertainment value, the more tickets that they sell, right? Outside of the added spectacle of the entertainment stuff. But so so how, how can we naturally, you get more flies with honey, right? And so, so our mantra from day one is we exist to serve the modern rodeo athlete. And that's where we think that the, the, the paradigm starts. Because if it's good for that guy, then it, it will be good for the fan. It will be good for the industry. You know what I mean? And, and so, so that's, if we can, if we can change the competitive landscape to make it irresistible to the athlete, we believe the rest of it will take care of itself. And what you are getting at by that partially is that these committees now are finding, you know, I'm not, I'm just making this up. I'm not putting any words in your mouth, <laughs> but I'm saying these committees are finding maybe that the WCRA model, when it has a, a certain format, limited entries, it's a high um, entertainment, entertainment property. And this might bring us into Corpus Christi, May 6th to 9th, Buck Days formerly, right? Yes, sir. Um, you know, I think that's relative, right? Like, I, I don't think there, there's no internal strategy here where, we're, where we're, we built a flyer to solicit to those rodeo producers or committees or anything like that. The way that our relationship with Corpus started was really organic. Um, you know, they, they had, you know, the pandemic, they canceled in May of 20. And so they themselves would tell you likely that they had time to take a deep breath. And they said, what, what do we do? How does it work? What, what's next for this rodeo? What's we'd like to have better media then, you know, I'm not putting words in their mouth, but we'd like to improve our media situation. We would like to have more money in the purse. Uh, we would like to grow our rodeo, right? And so they came to us and just said, what do you guys do? 
And we said, well, this is what we do. This is similar, could be similar to another relationship that we've had for many years with Days of 47. And they said, tell us more. We're, we're, you know, we like what you have to say. And eventually um, we decided to, to partner and, and we're really excited about going there. I mean, if you look at, at the rodeo landscape right now, you know, Corpus comes back, they double, almost triple the total payout of their rodeo. They're going on network television and largely from the mechanics or the operations of their rodeo, very little changed. So we're excited about it. It's a destination city on the beach, on the bay, what, you know, then we go to days of 47 in the mountains, Salt Lake city. So you kind of have that uh, golf major sort of feel to that. There's some sellability to those markets. Well, and, and you'd take it from being a, a normal kind of a middling PRCA rodeo, no offense there, but it's kind of in the middle of the road. They're kind yeah. of maybe stagnant. They've had the same show for 25, 30, 50 years, who knows? Sure. And maybe a new committee turning over and they look and see what they can do. And this ends up, ends up being something that's going to work. So um, I'm not sure where we want to go next with this though. Do you want to go? I have a, I have a question in okay, regards to ahead. what you had to say. Um, so like you mentioned with the Corpus Christi stuff, like how the, after they canceled, they kind of had to take a look in the mirror and kind of rethink how they approach it. How do we get more committees to think that way? And you know what I mean? Like how, like, because that, like for me, that, that signals like a way we progress forward with rodeo and make it better and more sellable. Like you say, you know, I think, um, I think that realistic, gutsy uh, leadership, you know, is a part of that. I, I, I think that the, the, I've known Johnny Filippello there for years. Always, he's, he takes care of business. He's an absolute professional. Um, you know, I think that they just decided, and maybe similar to what Ted said, you know, maybe they were kind of caught in the middle, right? And and they didn't really like what was available there. And, and they saw what we had to offer, which is what I think a tremendous opportunity. You know, so, so I think it's just gutsy, business savvy leadership at that level that says, you know, we're going to... Uh, we're going to take charge for lack of better words. Maybe again, I'm not trying to put words in their mouth, but I think it's our rodeo and, and we are going to go and find what's in the best interest for our rodeo. Now, you know, what I would say is the, the partnership that we've developed with Corpus is a great one. The partnership we have at days of 47 is fantastic as well. Um, but we can't go do that. 600 times a year sure. right yeah. nor can anyone else but but i believe that in the grand scheme of things those 600 could be daisy chained in a way that made them all better mm -hmm. but that's going to take a lot of critical thought and a lot of humility and a lot of like you said looking in the mirror and uh and, and but but i think that you know if I, i'm okay with being on the front of that um, every, I've never worked for the market leader. I, I don't know if that's like having, uh, you know, I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse, but, uh, but anyway. So 
the nominations just closed on April 11th. Today's the 12th. What are what are things looking like for uh, for Corpus right now? The final, the you know, on the 15th. We're gonna have the show on the 21st. You have your team open pairs all figured out. We don't even get too far into it, but just give us a high level, quick look at it. You know, it it looks it looks really good, right? I, I, I mean, participation um, was certainly at post pandemic high, but I would argue kind of a all time high. Our the virtual rodeo qualifier was on fire in January and February of 2020, ahead of our scheduled stampede at the E that May. And obviously March, April pandemic cancellation shut down. You know, we had to cancel. I mean, we were up close to 300% in participation year to year in February, 2020. So I would say that the VRQ is back from a participation standpoint. Um, close to pre-pandemic numbers, but so it's been really good. Um, we've uh, over that time we introduced the new point system, a lot of stuff that we won't get into the weeds on. But so this is really uh, the first segment that we've had the new point system in. Um, a lot of people are getting along with it pretty well. The feedback has been good, and and we've got a great field. I, I think if you you know, at our marketing site or our, our website, you can view the leaderboards there and, and from, you know, world champs to, to the best in the world, perennial top 15 kind of guys there, they're all coming. Um, and, and look, I mean, most interestingly, as I said a minute ago, the, the payout for this rodeo went from a couple of hundred thousand to nearly 600, I mean, almost 600,000. Um, San Antonio this year, I think paid out 650, 70. I don't remember the number, right? But so not only is Corpus right now, you know, going to be the biggest rodeo in May, it's going to be one of the biggest rodeos of the year. I think by the time the year's out, outside of finals events, you know, this, this event is going to be one of the top six or eight um, all year long. So so that's exciting. And, and mainly we, we have just to speak on it really quickly. It's a triple crown event. So we have those champions coming back from the folks that won stampede at the E looking for win number two, Jake Brown in the bareback, Shorty Garrett in the Bronx, uh, Jose LeMay in the bulls. I mean, that's a who's who right there, pretty much Stockton Graves, Colby Lovell and Paul Eves. They were world champions last year. Uh, Michelle Darling, Riley Webb, and the tie down roping. Um, like the hot, he won Stampede at the E against Hanchi and Mayfield, like the two Titans, and Riley came in there and won. He's a really hot hand. So all those folks are gunning for number two on the way to a million. So I would say there's a pretty good chance you look at that list, we might be paying somebody a million bucks at days of 47. Wow. And, and, uh, the, the million dollars, is that cash in the bank or is that an insurance policy? How does that work? Like that's, a, that's a cash bonus. Now, similar, similar to other bonuses, if multiple people <clears throat> win it at the same time, it's then split. But if we have a singular winner, they will receive a million-dollar cash bonus. So is that something you guys insure against, though? Or like how do you come up with that million bucks? Or just having the bank ready to go 
Yeah, it's 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 ready to go. It's and and we felt like that you know risk versus reward. Something a lot of people don't talk about is that came about organically as well, right? Like, oh sure, win three majors, that's hard, right? Like, and I think a lot of people would say that, but we came up with it. Wyatt Denny won two in a row, failed to win the third. Derek Kolbaba won two in a row, failed to win the third, and then in the team roping. Uh, Garrett Tanazi and Joe Matter won two majors in a row and failed to win the third. So we sat around and we thought, you know, it, it, it's not, we didn't just make it up. Like four different people in three different disciplines had a chance to be, you know, a, le- a legitimate chance to be millionaires. Jose, uh, Jose LeMay, uh, there's no reason he shouldn't, couldn't stay mm. on a couple of bulls in Corpus and win that event. And you give a guy like that the runway to days of 47 from May to July and say, you got to ride two more and you're going to get a seven figure cash bonus. Like how, how hard is he going to be trying when he gets the days of 47? Right. Well, that's the guy. And I don't, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it, that's easy for me to say because it's mm. tremendous bull rider, world champion, you know, whatever. Right. But, but the reality is Shorty Garrett could do that Stockton Graves. Stockton Graves has won two majors. They weren't consecutive, right? But there's no reason that those guys can't. Michelle Darling has a previous major win, right, before Stampede at the E. So these people are all capable of stringing three together. And wouldn't that be cool if if we could celebrate that post-pandemic you know, oh, yeah. somebody wins a million bucks. It's, it's a great value add on the part of WCRA though. Like, um, like the storylines it builds and, and what you can make out of it. Like there's so much you can do just by simply putting up a, a bonus prize, right? Like it's, it's the just payoff on, on that. End. But we you know what I mean though. Like in, in comparison <laughs> to other sports, like the guy won the ma- the masters, we can won 3 million. Like, right. Austin Matthews for the Maple Leafs gets a $15 million check in his bank every July 1st. So like, sure. hey, like when you're, well, you're stacking it up against it, it the value add for that price, you, you get a lot out of it. And, and it becomes a machine because the, the, the three wins and the million dollar bonus will only be paid one time in a, in a calendar year, but the consecutive wins are ongoing, right? Oh, cool, so nice. every market that we make a triple crown stop in, someone is fixing to win at, at, at minimum their second, you know what I mean? And potentially their third in every single market and or someone is leaving that market with their first major win, right? So going into Corpus Christi, that was something that was attractive to the rodeo. Mm-hmm. Give me storylines. What can my local media outlets run? And we said, we have a champion in each discipline who is trying to put notch number two in the stock of their gun at your rodeo. That's the people that we want to put into the local media and, and sell tickets and, and give the local fan base someone to root for and a storyline associated with it. I want to go back to, uh, to Corpus and, and talk uh, about the format and how that all came about. And the, like, I guess how much money you guys are bringing in to make this thing a, $575,000 rodeo to go from, you know, it was a hundred and some now and it's five, it was maybe 180 and now it's 575. Right. Like, you guys have brought in capital from the VRQ. I'm, I'm assuming plus the media rights and the major national sponsors. Like you guys have had, you have a lot to bring to the table here to bring 
their rodeo up to a, to a new level and bring them into the triple crown. Absolutely. And I, I think, look, that was, you know, that was a big attractive, you know, a big part of what they, okay, you can add uh, money to the purse, you know, check. You can bring major network television, check, you know, because all of that eventually over time will lift their local sponsorships, help them raise their ticket prices. They have the Buccaneer Days Festival is like a 10 or 12 day festival in Corpus Christi at the American Bank Center. Well, they only have four nights of rodeo right now. So there's room to grow that event. This year, the PBR is going to come in with a Velocity Tour event on the first weekend. So they were able to, in, in our partnership with PBR, that basically came about. So they had two additional nights that they could sell bull riding, right? So at the end of the day, for these guys, it's about the bottom line, right? I mean, this was going to help grow their rodeo. And, and for us, um, you know, we had two choices, um, you know, produce our own as we intend to do. But if the Triple Crown is fully built, then it makes good sense to have partners in those efforts and, and use those destination cities and stuff like that. Right. So, um, you know, it's a it's a bit of a, a long play. But but for us, the VRQ engine has returned, um, which is much of the fuel for that, uh, that, you know, that lift in the purse. And um, we're just continuing to grow the product and the brand. And, and how is the WCRA at this point speaking on the VRQ and the, <clears throat> you guys have paid out eight and a half million dollars so far. And I have no idea what the VRQ has brought in, but looking at the points when Riley Webb's got 4,168 points going into, into Corpus and some of these, some of these guys have got a lot of, and, and gals have got a lot of points added up. Um, I'm just curious how it's all going with you guys and what, what things look like moving forward. It, you guys have put in a lot, but there must be some, coming in to make it to make it work as well with the VRQ, like you say, and it's back and, and rocking again. Right. Well, I, I think it's fair to say um, at minimum that the VRQ hasn't fueled everything that that the ownership has invested into the sport. Um, and it might be uh, some more time before, you know, that thing is a well-oiled machine, but we're definitely seeing the indicators, um, you know, uh, look, there, there's some pretty simple math. If you're going to pay X, then you need Y to do Z and, you know, fund the purse. And then, you know, you still have to produce the event. And as you guys know, that costs a lot of money. You know, oh, yeah. I, I listened to your episode with Randy Bernard. I can't even imagine what the expense budget is for an event like the American with the semifinals and rent and AT&T and the huge purse that they put up. The reality is it costs a lot of freaking money, right? And so, um, you know, us working with some of the partner rodeos gives us an opportunity to offset that. But we also have a series of events that we want to do alongside the UTB events that that we will own. We're working on finding those right markets. And, and, um, and so fully built, I think the Triple Crown of Rodeo is probably somewhere south of a dozen events, six, eight events, maybe 10, you know, throughout the year. And that also amps up the odds that somebody's going to win three in a row. Right. So, but, 
But anyway, um, the VRQ is absolutely working. Think about the newness of that concept when we launch. What do you mean? I'm already at the rodeo (laughs) and I just give you guys 50 bucks. Well, this is a big rodeo. That's 200. You know, we had to, we had to really work hard to change the mindset. Um, but look, I, you know, the, the guy that's leading the saddle bronc riding, uh, IPRA bronc rider coming in number one in points. He actually nominated the IFR, the IPRA finals in January at the Lazy E and, uh, and figured out what he could do within our platform. He's going to walk into Corpus number one on the board and go for the big money on Sunday. So it's, it's really about people doing it. it, it you know what I mean? That's a, at the end of the day, that's the pitch. Try it one time, you know, come to one of our events and understand what we try to do for the athlete to level the, the competitive, you know, the playing field and, and you'll have a chance to win. So that's kind of what, where we're at. Try it. Try it out. Give it a whirl. Well, and so Cody Reinhardt, how many of his points came from the IFR? He's got 2680 on the board here. Cody Geertsen is number two, 2470. Were most of them from the IFR or like how many points is he getting at like a little uh, uh, IPRA rodeo? You know, you, you stumped me because I don't, (laughs) I don't know that. In fact, I was about to go, but Hey, unique, unique technology pitch right here. If you go in the VRQ on your phone inside the app, there's a leaderboard, go to the saddle bronc riding. You can click on Cody's name and you can see everywhere he won points. Okay. Oh, I was so even better than having the answer. That's even better than having the answer. And and that's for the athletes, right? They can say Download like now. I can't I nominate everywhere I go and I cannot eclipse the guy ahead of me. Well, they can actually click on his name and see where he's going and where he earned all of his points. So one of the unique assets in the app that we don't get to talk about a lot. How, how come I can't do it on my, on my, uh, on my laptop or my, yeah, my computer. <laughs> well, you can't app, do it. You can't, well, you can do it on your computer. If you're in the app, oh, you I'm can't not do in. that from the, from I'm not what a member. we call the, no, yeah, we, it, no membership fees, right? We don't, uh, <laughs> it's free to sign up. Right. So we'll, I'll keep watching the new registrants in the VRQ and yeah. see if I'm in there as a, a steer wrestler. Not, yeah. <laughs> and you weren't, you weren't stumped at all, Scott. You were ready for, for that. That's like a sales steer pitch. wrestler. <laughs> good, yeah. Good and stuff. I'm not logged in or I would have found that lickety split. Right. We can, we can pause and edit this part out and we can look real, real smart. No way, man. That's way too good. <laughs> right. That would yeah, be that too part, good. Man. That's good stuff. Oh man. That's awesome. I'm, I'm fixing and busted out though. Stand by saddle yeah. bronc riding Cody oh, Reinhardt. So here we go. Just frying the technology. Um, at the uh he did get about it looks like he got 1500 points at okay. the uh at the ipra which is a four go i think it's three and a short with an average so and it was a probably a d1 event if i remember that right so there was a huge pile of points and that's the thing right like you pay 200 dollars there and you got every go around chance to get points the aggregate, you know what I mean? 
You and guys so, drop your fees on that one almost. So it's a it's a great it's a great place to a multi go round event. It's better to nominate than a one header, obviously, because you just have multiple places that you could win points. Oh yeah. Oh, that's neat. So yeah, but Cody's really that's the that's the story of who we are and what we do. I ha, I do not know his story and why he has not let's yeah. just say rodeoed professionally at what we we deem the highest level but he's going to come into corpus with a chance to to go oh, yeah. straight to the pay window so so really a person could go and go to a bunch of d5 events for 25 bucks a nomination and you know he got a bunch of points there but somebody can go to these little jackpots and make it to the big shows and absolutely nobody and come and show up and do some serious damage Lot, well and that and that's just it right and so that's when you you know when we talk about competitive integrity right the w the vrq and the leaderboard gets you to the event right now there are some special like the number one is seated into the final performance at corpus and number two through four are seated into the progressive performances, right? So that's what we call leaderboard incentives. Most of our segments have some incentive to A, B, number one. And if you're not number one, there's something you can pick up for your efforts in the, in the app. But once you get there, it doesn't matter if you were 64th in the Bulldoggin or first, you have to go win. And if you go win, it doesn't matter who you were or or where you're from, or how much money you had, or what horse you were riding. If you go win, you win. Doesn't matter who you are. You've got a third event that's to be determined. Can you talk about that at all right now? Well, so most of that had to do, we're looking to, we're, we're hoping to announce that location um, before Corpus Christi. Right now, as you guys know, because you're certainly followed PBR and whatnot, but a um, lot of uncertainty in their scheduling. You know, I mean, I'm making this up, but Madison Square Garden was on there in April until late March, you know, or whatever. Right. Like there were a lot of places they thought they were going. And, and so we were hoping to just sh let allow that to shore up sort of post pandemic before we said we're going here, right? So um, obviously this day and age, anything can change, but, um, but we're excited about announcing that third event before Corpus. And then I think looking into 2022, it's highly likely that we'll have four events in the Triple Crown series, um, kind of back to starting March-ish with a first quarter indoor event with a UTB. And then, you know, a couple of rodeo partnerships and then maybe finish an indoor with the UTB. But, you know, last thing I'll say on that, we went to Chicago and then we went to Green Bay and then we went to Kansas City. Um, you know, so so our, our there is a conscious effort that wherever we do go and when we make that announcement, you know, we're putting a stake in the ground and we're also going there in 2022 and beyond. Right. So instead of just going somewhere and doing a one-off, we want to, we want to feel really good about the market that we choose. I'm just looking at the PBR schedule now, trying to like guesstimate where it might be. And I'm, I've got to, <laughs> if I was juicy. betting, if I was betting, I'm going to say maybe, maybe Sacramento. Too, I like Sacramento. Too, going yeah. Hey, years. Sacramento is a great rodeo market. Honestly, yeah. we, we almost went there the 
first year we, we, we started our partnership with PBR, but they already had a three day event on the books. That's how good Sacramento is for the PBR, but um, more space. So adding a fourth day was kind of a challenge, but so I, I, I don't know about Sacramento, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you another guess. Nashville. Ooh. Oh man. Hey, I would love to go to Nashville. That'd be I think a rodeo. One. I think a big rodeo belongs in Nashville, but oh, uh, man, not that'd be great. Then my last pick would have to be, uh, well, I guess there's a couple, you go to little Caesars in Detroit or you could do Greensboro. There's a couple there. I would like to go to the East coast. Um, yeah. So I would say you're warmer, but, okay. uh, but yeah. So but, Nebraska is not going to be the one. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be the one. Oh man. Okay. We got to talk about the, uh, the, the woman's world championships as well. I, uh, got to get to that before we finish up here too. Absolutely. How about that? Like, did you guys, did you pay in, in, any attention or much attention to that? Did you see what Hope Thompson and her partner made out of there with? Oh, it was over a hundred grand each, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so interestingly, quick story, right? We're, yeah. We've instituted tiering into the women's rodeo world championship. So you have a pro leaderboard and a challenger leaderboard, right? So in the team roping, you can actually be a pro header and a, you know what I mean? Because we mm-hmm. use the global handicap rating system, right? So Hope and her partner, Hope is absolutely a pro header but she's a challenger healer. So she headed the other girls, a pro healer. They competed in the pro and they didn't do as good as they need to. Well, they swapped ends and entered the, the challenger um, division and they were successful in the challenger division. They go to AT&T stadium and, and you guys may remember how we do our payout in the final round. You have to complete course to get the full purse. Otherwise you get a much lesser appearance fee, right? So at that event, if you made the final round, it didn't matter if you fell off your horse, you got like five or six grand. I don't remember. That was the minimum. And then anyone with a completed time or score got the ground money pushed up into their payout. So Hope and her partner, name escapes me, they're the only people to catch. They won ninety thousand dollars that yeah, Friday Riley, night. Riley Smith. There you go. There you That's go. Awesome. You're quick with the fingers. So, so here they are, a a a challenger, if you will. You know, and they beat the whole bunch on the biggest stage. I mean, Beverly Robbins was one of the teams in the finals. I mean, she's roped in the BFI. She's a she's freaking awesome, mm-hmm. right? Team roper as good as they come. And much less just as a, as a female, but they went in there and they were the only team to catch and they won all that money wow. and um, as challengers. So that's the unique dynamic to the women's world championship. And now there's six teams like that's not yeah. likely you're going to have six teams and have, and we had a couple, I had a Canadian, a couple Canadian girls in there, but got a no mm-hmm. time catch them one well, for and- a big check. Biggest one ever probably. And, and you guys know from a production standpoint, they're missing and we're just like, oh, 
Please, that's something. Yeah. Yeah. But like the last one to go was Bev and and her and her teammate, right? And you're thinking, okay, this is the best team in the world, right? It's all teed up. They're last to go. Got it. They got a rope in less than thirteen sixty six. Right. Yeah. And she missed, and we were like, oh my god, you know. And then of course Hope was like, oh my god. But so so the I tell that story because you know. I was on episode 35 or whatever, right? Like I was, I was telling you guys all these hypothetical scenarios <laughs> yeah, that would lead really. to these people winning all this money. Right. Yeah. And so we've been able to go and do that. So we re- we hope to use those stories. The Riley Webb one went, that we talked about earlier, you know, he backs in the other two guys are world champ and one in the making the hottest stand and roping. And he walks away with a check because it's sport. Right. And, and that is a crucial factor. Putting three guys in our showdown round, big piece of the puzzle kind of ups the odds, A, that someone's going to complete their course. But nevertheless, the women's deal is cool because we've instituted that tiering. Um, most of the girls after college, like if you look at high school, I mean, there's the, it's probably 70% girls in high school, but they have goat tying and pole bending and stuff that we, we don't support at the professional level, if you will. But those girls all put their rope cans up and they go get jobs or careers or start families or whatever. And now those girls can compete in that challenger category and may very well earn their way to professional status in some of the disciplines, right? So it's pretty unique and really, really cool. And with That's the cool breakaway, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I just I want was, to say the breakaway adds another entire event. Yeah. And on the lady side of things, eh, ways. Well, it's cool because, like, I was going to say, like, how we interviewed Lakota Bird, um, and she's like a big time breakaway roper up here, and she like t- talked to that point where it's after high school rodeo and college, like she never really had any opportunities to rope. Um, unless it was competing against the boys and stuff. And it, it's just cool to give, give everybody that option to compete at the highest level and, and c- keep them going in the sport. A hundred percent. Right. And, and I think that that's, look, if it, their women are half the population, right. So mm. I don't know why in sport we have so long ignored, you know, generally all sports, you know, because females are half of the population. Now, we can have a, a athletic argument about the popularity of those sports and things like that, but there is fan base to support women's sport ventures, and, and that's what we decided to do. And look, I, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but I'm going to bring it up because we're talking about the ladies, but there's two ladies who won for certain, Whitney Gustavo in the healing, who has qualified to Corpus Christi. And it will be really, really interesting to see there's a, there's a gal that heads and I think she's going to sneak in there and Whitney is at the upper echelon of a leaderboard. So it'd be very, very interesting. Rumor is she's going to partner with Charlie Crawford. So oh wow, nice. uh, if Charlie gets some turns, she's going to catch him. Right. So, Mm. I mean, you know, there's just, and again, the competitive integrity will be there it doesn't matter who you are. If you can go out there and perform, then you get paid. And Mm -hmm. and that's what happens in every other sport. You have to perform at the highest level to get paid. Um, I had, I had it written down that, uh, 
the WCRA. Well, I had one point, Scott, that I've got pondering here, and I thought about. So you guys, as the WCRA, you you're you take the entry fees in a similar format to the PRCA, and I'm just I'm I'm just trying to get a little more into it here a bit. But so you guys take the entry fees um, beforehand, where the PRCA takes them at the rodeos, where the PRCA a lot of it goes back to the prize money. Same thing with you guys, but their business model is they administer the rodeos and they don't really put anything on themselves. Right. Does the PRCA produce any of their own rodeos or kind of the NFR? They don't really. Kind of the NFR, maybe the, the Ram circuit finals. Um, And I guess, you know, I can't quite speak to that because I don't, I don't know exactly, but I think it's fair to say that the lion's share of their events are produced by other folks whom, yeah. whom achieve their sanction mm-hmm. by meeting certain criteria, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where you guys are taking anything, any of the, what would I say? You're taking any of the um, nomination fees or any of that kind of thing and turning it back into more events for the athletes where theirs is going into more administration, administration essentially kind of like not, not really maybe, but it, I'm just trying to get the point where you guys are producing your own shows and working to change the format of the whole thing. That's what I'm well, and, 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 and that's a little bit of a blessing and a curse. I mean, there's a lot of risk associated with oh, producing yeah. those events, mm-hmm. you know, but, yeah. but um, yeah, you know, and, and I think we're where we're at just sort of, uh, by the nature of our endeavor, you know, um, I mean, pe- we, we do not have a, a world championship, you know, but people say, well, you have rules. Well, we had to, we had to produce our own event. So, so we had to create rules in order to produce that event and have some framework and guidance. But this is, this is what I say. No one knows better in, northwestern Oklahoma I'm making this up hypothetical how they need to do tie down roping than the than the regional organization that supports the majority of the rodeo in northwestern Oklahoma right now we say as a collective it doesn't matter exactly how you rope tie down calves you know but it, it, it doesn't matter until you achieve here and you come to this pinnacle event. And then what we offer the luxuries of instant replay and things like that, that, that support the athlete, try to get the calls right. But, but I think, you know, there's a need, like here in the States, there's an absolute need for the U.S. Postal Service, which isn't technically a government entity, but at the same time, it, it pretty much is, you know, that governance has its place, but FedEx and UPS have found their way too, right? By providing a good and fair service for a formidable value. And they've been very, very successful. So, you know, I tend to lean on the, the regional organizations for the governance of, of rodeo in their locale and, and see how we can support that and take their athletes on the larger opportunities. The uh, I want to talk uh, about Gary. Tell us about Gary and the and the and the guy behind the show here. Tell us about him a little bit. So he is a, he's an avid uh, rodeo fan. 
Um, great friends with a lot of uh, world champions of very different or various different disciplines. Um, an avid team roper himself has been a team roper for a long, long time. Um, that family also owns the Lazy E uh, facility, the arena, and the ranch. They have a, a tremendous history in quarter horse racing. Um, one of one of the things I believe that he got into prior to to getting involved in rodeo or or developing the friendships that he has in rodeo, but but he believes that he knows exactly what these guys do and he knows what it takes to play at the highest level and 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 really has a his nature is that um more more dollars will create more participation more dollars more participation equals growth right so um these tiering aspects that we're getting into the guy's a uh, engineer by trade and is a he's a very smart person one of the smartest guys I've ever met in my life he believes that what's happened in barrel racing with the divisional racing and and what's happened in the team roping world with the handicapping has grown those two um disciplines and which is I mean that doesn't take a smart guy to figure that out I mean team roping and barrel racing are the two largest disciplines well they're both tiered so let that sink in. I mean, does that mean that next month we're going to have AAA bareback riding somewhere? No, it doesn't mean <laughs> that. But, but if we had a place where the AAA guys could be successful, there would be more AAA guys, mm-hmm. right? And, and there would be more guys honing their craft and, and moving up. Some would never move up, just like the other stick and ball sports. But, but anyway, so, so we have theories that – you know, we haven't really made public, but they seem to be working. Some of the early tiering initiatives that we've introduced to the women's side um, seem to be working. And we hope that we'll be able to use those cases and examples to, you know, tier rodeo in the future, quite frankly. I mean, I believe that that's coming and, and I believe that we've taken it upon ourselves to try to lead the way. And, but but all of those things that I just said start with the, the gentleman that, that we work for every day. And, and he just, he loves the rodeo industry. And so it's a passion play. It's a long play, but, but we believe that the, the evidence we've established in May 5th will be publicly three years old, if you will. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, internally, we're satisfied with, with our growth thus far. Um, and, and, um, and he's pretty excited about the future of rodeo and his role in it through rodeo logistics, our sister company, the tech company and, and WCRA, the front facing sports property, if you will. I want to talk about uh, rodeo logistics next, but just tell me more about him and his, his work, um, outside of rodeo what do you what he's what has he made his living at previously or what's he what else does his work involve his, his history has been in the energy business um oil and gas um has a, a rich and very well respected history there um and um obviously he's a um 
you know, I've heard him say it before, you know, they used to drill holes in the ground to try to find oil, you know, I mean, that that's really the epitome of speculation um, and the amount of investment required to do so. But but so I think he he looks at, at this industry and sees that there's room for opportunity and and the you know, the pivotal piece of that is, uh, you know, if you can buy a hamburger online and get it delivered to your house, or if you can buy Q-tips through Amazon or whatever, why can't you rent a stall on your phone? So when you pull up to the rodeo grounds, you can unload your horse and you don't have to wait for the guy to unlock it. Doesn't matter if it's midnight or it doesn't matter if it's 10 in the morning, right? Like, why can't we implement those technologies they're common in every walk of life. And so our openstalls.com product, the product we lost, launched last May, um, is one of the tools that Rodeo Logistics built. Uh, they also built the Rodeo Entry Tool, which we use to take entries for our events, and they solicit to other parties to take through that platform. And then their, their, the origin of Rodeo Logistics came with Virtual Rodeo Qualifier app, which we use to qualify people to the major events. Who, uh, who else is involved with rodeo logistics? Do you guys have a team or is it, is it like contractors that are developing? We do. We have a team in a uh, separate office in Cedar park, Texas, which is on the North side of Austin. Um, our other office is more on the Southwest side. Um, but we're close between employees, um, and independent contractors and part-time, a few part-time people uh, squeezed in between there. Between the two companies, um, we're over 30 deep, probably close to 40. The majority of that is now at Rodeo Logistics uh, between the development team and the designers and the coders and the, you know, uh, support staff and those types of things. But Jeff Herman is the COO of rodeo logistics. He's, uh, actually, a, a native of, uh, like Kansas city. And, uh, but anyway, has lived in Texas for a lot of years in the Austin area and was involved in the tech development. And he leads that charge and that team of developers and so forth. What, what else are you guys working on? What, what else can you, can you tell us? What, I want to, I want to get some dirt here now. What, uh, what, what can you so, give us some hints? Yeah. What's, what's happening? Well, so, so I think really right now, a big initiative for Rodeo Logistics is open stalls because it's a, it's a retail front where you and I can rent our stalls, but it's also an enterprise solution software for the facility, which stalls dirty, which stalls clean, who's coming at nine o'clock, when's that guy checking out. So it's, a, it's an enterprise solution software. And so that's a big one for us right now. Um, we're, I think we're in eight venues and have probably close to another dozen venues in the pipeline. But like we look to, you know, I mean, we're in that world now where Uber and, you know, they're, they're the leader, you know, you probably get an Uber before you get a cab. We're a long way from there with open stalls, but uh, a couple of other technologies are on the way. Um, Imagine uh, fan app, uh, type experience that kept track of, you know, the whole rodeo in general, worldwide, if you will. I mean, the VRQ database is tracking 
nearly 17,000 events on an annual basis pre-pandemic um, from Australia to Canada to Europe to, you know what I mean, to Brazil and Mexico. So really it has a, a very universal worldwide feel to it. And we're excited about the future of, of that and, and sort of the information that, that once we can get our hands around it, we can, you know, mix it up and put it back out there in a fan experience way. So, so that's in the pipeline. Uh, that's a ways out. Right now, we're concentrating on perfecting the VRQ, the entry tool, and open stalls. I like it. What is, is there anything else I'm missing here? Big picture. I'm. I'm. There's a lot to take in. It, it is a lot. It is a lot. And, <laughs> and I, you know, I, I hate it that sometimes when I, when I get to talk to you guys, there's, you know, or, or folks like you in the media, there's just, there's so much, right. Oh, yeah. And so you try to, you know, guide the conversation to keep people interested, but, but that think that, think about that over 16,000 events, right. Worldwide. Oh, that's like, that's like 1500 a week or 30 or 40 a day, right? Like that's what has, so, so just put golf in your mind for a second tomorrow when you guys are out playing golf tomorrow, <laughs> somebody somewhere team roping or they're barrel racing or they're like every day worldwide, this stuff is happening. happening. So just when you talk to somebody that thinks that they know everything about it, we're just literally the tip of the iceberg here. I mean, I think there's so much about the industry and the behaviors of the people that participate right now that we don't know. And, and in other industries, everybody knows everything about everybody, mm -hmm. right? They just serve you up this and serve you up that because they know everything about you, right? Like what is our, what does our world look like when you inject growth and you start to understand more the you know the barrel racer who doesn't leave a hundred mile vicinity of their home but participates in a platform like this so they can jet across the country on a vacation and go run at salt lake city for their chance at thousands and thousands of dollars oh yeah so uh, that that makes fan experience better too right like that's what the the big sports do is people know who the people are right and by gathering this data and stuff this makes you guys first movers on that. Cause there really hasn't been that type of experience unless you're top 15 in the world or top 35 in, in the world science, the PBR. Right. Right. I, I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. And there's so much that even we don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. there's, you know, I, we could, we could have another podcast about that. <laughs> I, yeah. I really feel like I, like I'm really not that stale a guy, but you, you know, when you get, you get in, you wade into this thing and you see the potential that our industry has and, you know, with a few minor tweaks, you know, what would what would 20 percent growth in participation to the rodeo industry do? Mm. Might take 16,000 events to 24, mm. you know, or you know what I mean? And then what's that look like? Doesn't matter if you sell saddle pads or cowboy boots or shirts, you know what I mean? Like that's bigger and bigger in turn is better most of 100%. the time anyway. I, we can go a lot of different ways here. I got to ask though about the WCR, the world champions rodeo Alliance, not technically crowning a world champion. Um, all right, 
let's have fun. <laughs> you know, there uh, there's already about seven different ones. You know, yeah, no, I'm exactly. Kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, you know, really though, the the way that the way that our systematically that that the VRQ is set up, right? Like, think about the segmentation. Like, so we just ended the Corpus Run. Well, yeah. maybe you live in Canada, you know, and you're not I've going to Corpus. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, great point. But you're not going to go all the way to court. It's like seven hours from my house. I'll probably like 40 from Canada. Right. Yeah. But 100%. we also just started the days of 47 segment. Right. So everybody's a zero. It doesn't matter who you are, where you live geographically. But but maybe you're in the southwestern tip of Canada and Salt Lake looks like a good idea, right? Well, it doesn't matter what you've been doing all year because it's been too cold to do anything up there. Days of 47 segment starts, everybody's at zero. You can make a run at that, right? And so we don't have a championship, but we have a million-dollar bonus. What is, like, what is the thing? The thing is winning the, the triple crown, right? It's not winning – the world's championship it's winning three in a row and and getting a big pile of money right which is, which is a bigger win than anything else in pro rodeo beside like the only other million dollar check in the sport is the american right now if they pay it out which they so do. you want you want a good one What's like it? and this is sort of you know the, the the best guys in the world um outside of injury, so on and so forth, I'll put it this way, the best guys in the world from the previous year don't have an opportunity to win that big bonus. They have a fantastic format because they still pay a hundred grand and that's yeah. a lot of money. It yeah, doesn't matter great. if you run barrels, ride bareback course, it doesn't matter. That's a huge amount of money. You have to go to try win win that. But think about the million dollar bonus. You know, one could say that, you know, the only place that the best in the world have an opportunity at a bonus like that would be our, our series of events. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of antithesis against the, the challenger level of people. But at the end of the day, with competitive integrity, anybody can win any given Sunday. So, you know, come give it a roll. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I consider that. Right. I mean, if you are a pro or one of the best in the world, the only shot you have at seven figures in one set or in three settings, six head is right here at the triple crown. I was just going to comment like how like accessibility comes with this too. Right. And that's the hardest part. Even like a lot of guys uh, from up here hesitate going down south just because it's a big commitment, a lot of time, a lot of money. Whereas something like this opens the door, it makes it more accessible, gets more people competing and, and on the road, which is, which is really neat that way. Absolutely. And I, I mean, a great quick story about that, Jackie Crawford, you guys know who Jackie Crawford is, mm -hmm. right? I mean, she just had a baby. Like, <laughs> I, and I don't know if it was three weeks ago or six weeks ago, but literally I think it was last week was the first opportunity post having her baby that she could go compete she goes to a jackpot on the north side of Stephenville, enters up, nominates it, cleans house, wins like 300 points. She's in the top 64. She's going to Corpus. Mm -hmm. And you can bet when she gets there, she'd be a tremendous threat, right? So literally, I'm making it up. She probably nominated again this week before the deadline just to make sure. 
but for a $25 nomination, she's going to rope in the biggest rodeo in May. Mm -hmm. And that probably one of the biggest rodeos for breakaway ropers of the year. And then on the overall, so 25 bucks, competitive integrity. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter where you live. doesn't matter how many times you hit it. You just need to hit it once good and you get in and come, you know, come give it a whirl. Do your work, get paid. Exactly. Do work, get paid. <laughs> what, what's up? Uh, what's up with the Bronc Riders? Where Where are the rights and and some of these guys? What's holding those guys up? You know, I I don't know that. I I haven't had a chance recently. Obviously, last year, you know, rodeo was kind of halfway shut down or whatever. But for some reason, what we're doing hasn't really resonated with them. And and I don't know. I haven't sought them out individually to ask them. I hope to do so, but, but really, I think it's just a general awareness. Um, I th- something happened somewhere, sometime, maybe with a turnout of one of the rights at Days of 47, and I, I don't really know. Like, we didn't really have anything to do with that. It was mm-hmm. a rodeo ground rule. That's a partnership, I, I, and I don't really even know what happened, but I think it was – their home state rodeo, somebody might have got penalized for turning out or something like that. And it may have just turned them off to us in general. But if they're listening today, I wish they'd come because they ride great. And what oh, do yeah. we say, Wacey? Ride good, get paid. Boom. <laughs> do the work, do the work, get paid. Do the work, get paid. That's like just, just like just trademark that now, put it on the website. Yeah, do the work. Do the get work, paid. get paid. Get the t-shirts printed. Hey. You know what we we do say that that does make a lot of sense. The the virtual rodeo qualifier is the fastest path to the most money on the on rodeo's largest stages, referencing network TV, right? So it really is like, what do you guys do? We have a platform that's the fastest path to the most money on the biggest stages. It's really that simple. Oh yeah. I'm looking at our Canadian guys right now. You got Colby Wanchuk and Logan Hay on there, but I'm wondering what what's up with Zeke, Thurston, Ben Anderson. You know Zeke. All, I don't know if Zeke isn't down there. If he had a thumb down a little wet, but I don't know if he. I don't know if he got hurt or if he just got. I don't because Zeke's been to most of our most of our uh, semifinals and and majors. So I don't know if maybe just the timing mm-hmm. wasn't. Um, you know, or maybe he didn't go yeah, anywhere this mm. this winter. Tough to say. We're just forgot right, so good. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder. I just, just got looking at though, and I got thinking. Phone around the yeah. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Who knows? I was just curious though. I tried to put you on the spot. There's Scott. No, I I, I I mean I that's a great question. I'd love to know why. You know, because if there's a legitimate reason that that it doesn't work for somebody, I would love to visit with them. You know, we oh yeah, no one can carry your mail as good as you right and anytime we have a chance to really visit with somebody but again you said it earlier this thing is so wide and deep right that it that it it takes a little while for people to take the plunge and then but we hope when they do and they show up at at one of our events you know i mean we have them every side of the spectrum you know we have guys that have spent a lot of money running at that number one spot for the advantages that it provides. And then you have those Jackie Crawford stories where one nomination 
it'll lick and and she'll take her chances. She just needs to be one of the top 64 and get a chance to rope. So there's a lot of different ways that people can approach this platform. Uh, just get me in or I want to be the, I want to be first when I get there. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, Wacy, we, uh, we've already asked Scott his definition of cowboy shit. So I'm wondering what our next, uh, we could repose the question and see if his answer has changed though. <laughs> it's been, it's been, it's been like, what, it's been like two and a half years, three years. It's been almost? two. The two last years? show was March 27th, 2019. So two years, it's been over two, two years. years. Wow. That's too long. Right. I talk too much. So you guys, if you took me in smaller bites, if you talk to me with more frequency, I wouldn't talk for an hour and a half. <laughs> That's the good lady stuff, doing the editing has to hit the times two button or whatever. But uh, <laughs> you know, I guess uh, I guess V2, I, I don't remember what V1 was, but I wondered if y'all would ask me that since I'd, I'd made a, an appearance before. But, uh, you know, uh, I mean. I got I got another one maybe for you too. Okay. Way well, to describe it now is do work, get paid. That's kind yeah, of shit. There you go. There you go. Thank you, Wade. Yeah, I got you. I got do you. Do work, get paid. That's, that's cowboy shit. Right? Yeah, right? shit. A lot of millennials, they don't want to do the work <laughs> no. and they and want don't to do the work. Paid. Exactly. They need That's a little it. cowboy shit in there. <laughs> yeah. Get right. Well, we, we, uh, we, I sent you a, a hat and a shirt back a while ago. So I guess maybe, a, maybe another, maybe a question we could ask now since we're both in different places. What do we got to do to get cowboy shit? Involved with the WCRA, maybe that's, maybe that's oh, the question. Woo! That's loaded. That's loaded. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna name drop right here. I'm gonna have to put you in touch with our director of communications, Kyle Jones. He'll, he'll be glad that he that he made the, uh, the podcast. Um, great guy, experience um, in the NBA. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no. We, we do need to do something. You know what would be really cool is if you guys, you know, came in and set up shop and, and, yes. and did some interviews from I'm an in. event, got yeah. a big pile of content, right? And, oh, yeah. and I know that, that the, you know, maybe by July, let's take a look at it, Matt. You know, if the border is, is opened up or you guys want to jump some it. Act, actual cowboy shit and just like sneak <laughs> across into the United States. I know a couple of places in Southern Saskatchewan we can get across. Right. And take your mask <laughs> off. And be like, Freedom. But no, we, we should think about doing that, right? You could do some live from, uh, obviously we'd have to get with, uh, Tommy Joe and that crew to see what we could get worked out. But, uh, Good we ought to think about doing that, having y'all yeah. to an event, maybe doing some live shows and that'd be cool. Oh, There's yeah. a lot of mutual, mutual benefit in that kind of stuff. Just given, the how this platform like it's you get a lot of good good content out of it and you can get, achieve some good things with like a partnership in that sense absolutely you can yeah i mean imagine getting to an event and you could have those conversations with cody or mm-hmm. you know reinhardt you know how many times did you not you know or i mean and then you could get someone else at the at the other end of the spectrum and Richmond. why did you approach it this way right you mm-hmm. know those rodeo guys like their their strategy you know, well, if I come in there, number one, I get X, Y, and Z, or if all I need to do is be 64 so I can get in there and go rope or whatever it might be, right? But undoubtedly, there's a, a group of people in the sport right now that have a specific strategy as it applies to our platform. And, and if you guys got down there and talked to them about it, it'd be pretty interesting to see what they said. 
it ties into the storytelling too, right? Like what we talked about earlier, it's like you build up that story and you, you can talk to these people and have these real conversations. That's the nice thing about the way we approach it. It's not a traditional like interview. Like we don't have a rigid framework that we approach it. We like the right. storytelling aspect of it and it builds kind of a, like I said, a story around it, which is great. Ted, Ted, you should email Bobby and Kyle and say, I want the first triple crown interview. Not telling oh, yeah. you what to say, but like, oh, I yeah. don't know. I'm uh, typing the email this? right now. A little bird yeah. me. <laughs> Type on fast with one hand. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, uh, I I've always wanted to see the east coast of the USA, so uh, maybe we'll oh. get, you get your east coast. Oh. I've only seen New York oh. and Baltimore. <laughs> there you go. So we'll I see. like New York City. Maybe That's someday, nice right? Yeah. Um, we'll awesome. be, uh, you know, those aging photos, that'll be Ted when he's interviewing somebody <laughs> on the he's East Coast Rodeo. It'll be like 72 years ago, episode 89. <laughs> I was talking to Scott Davis. That's where and, this started. We finally yeah. got here. Oh, man. <laughs> finally got the interview. Jeez. Well, awesome, Scott. Thanks for your time on this. This was uh, a lot of fun, man. Thanks for. Yeah, well, I enjoy listening to you guys and, and more than grateful for the chance to come on. I know you have a great listener base full of avid rodeo fans and, and any of them that can come get to see our product or if they're players to participate in it, um, give us a call, give it a whirl. Like I, I, we, we get up every day and I'll finish it this way, Ted. Like we, we think differently about rodeo in that, the structure of rodeo is, is one of governance and membership and voting. And we wake up every day trying to better understand the athletes and how we can serve them more. Right. So it's almost like a 180 degree approach. How do we make it better for them? So it, because if we're good at our job and we're doing that, then they, then they show up. If we're bad at their job, then we won't be here in you know 10 years right mm -hmm. so we have to figure out how to convince them to be a part of our platform so we get up every day and try to make it good pretty much that simple well you've got me convinced scott i, I <laughs> i'm so old i just want to buy my car i'm, I'm cracking back out <laughs> you don't have to buy your car ted i know that's 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 the thing yeah that was app. Oh, here we go. App.wcrarodeo.com. Oh. There it is. Register for free. <laughs> you can out. find out where everybody gets their points on that leaderboard, that little sneaky thing I just told you all about. I'll give you a competitive <laughs> advantage. Because I know you're a great bulldogger, Ted. I know that you're a great bulldogger. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. Rodeo Corpus Christi. It's May 3rd to 9th on the schedule with a couple prelims, the actual purse of the 6th to the 9th. Coming up this May in the Women's Rodeo World Championship, November 1st to the 6th, Las Vegas, South Point Arena. Scott Davis, he's the VP of the WCRA. Thanks again for your time. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Scott. Good chatting with you, man. To the town of rode a stranger one fine day. Hardly spoke to folks around him, didn't have too much to say. No one dared to ask his business, no one dared to the slip, the stranger there among them had a iron on his hip, big iron on his hip, big, big, big iron on his hip, big iron on his hip, big iron on his hip. Thanks again to Scott Davis and the WCRA for making this happen. Our friend Kyle Jones, Bobby Moat, he was wearing his cowboy shit hat the <laughs> other day. Um, Casey Duggan, a bunch of guys that uh, good, 
good pals. So look forward to getting down there. We even uh, talk about maybe getting down to an event sometime. So we'll, uh, we'll cool, see what man. that looks like once mm-hmm. we get unlocked from, uh, you know, the shackles are lifted. On. Once the shot, yeah. Once the borders are open and we're allowed to go, <laughs> then we will work on uh, getting down. See that was some, that was uh, a that was a super fun conversation. There yeah. got some cool stuff happening with the WCRA, so it's exciting to see what uh, what's yeah, to come what for them. With. Best yeah. of luck with their event. Uh, this coming up in early May, the uh, the third to the ninth in Corpus Christi. I, I I'm gonna guesstimate that we're gonna have a few more of those rodeos. Maybe move over to that WCRA thing. I don't know for yeah. sure, but. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm interested to see. And uh, yeah, reach out to those guys. They're glad to answer all the, all the questions, anything you might have. But I mean, it's another opportunity for guys to make more money, really. That's yeah. the big, and that's the biggest it's thing of, is, yeah. It's a bit of user-generated money, definitely, because you're paying your, you know, your nomination Nominee. fee every time if it's 100 bucks or whatnot. So that does add up to a lot of the prize money. But, you know, you can still go and win quite a bit. There's a lot, there's a lot more that's added in there, and they're trying mm-hmm. to do something new. So, I mean... It's more opportunities. If you go like like Scott said, do your job, get paid. So do your job, get paid, man. That's Check awesome. Um, what else do we got, Wace? We got a couple more um, things. We're talking about yeah. some some uh, rodeo business right now in Alberta, and there's just, a, uh, one event coming up at somebody's house that I think is a fucking ridiculous idea. Yeah, I mean, or wherever the fuck it is. Yeah, and I mean, just like I understand the frustration, but I also don't think that's the right way of going about it. Yeah. So that, that just like that can like stuff like that continually paints the brush of our community with this like redneck, mm-hmm. like uneducated, like weird, like people kind of like pe- people like redneck people. And that's not and there, who we are. There's a lot of folks playing by the rules that are trying to make it work, make it work. You know? Yeah. And you then, know? then we got this, these folks going to go and try and mm-hmm. save the world another way. Like it's just not, <laughs> it's, it's not the not, way. It's, no, not a very, not it's, a very it's, it's smart a, way to go about it. No, it's just it. And like, I've noticed more and more over the past couple of months, like how big of a disconnect there is between our community, like the rural and urban communities, especially when it comes to rodeo and agriculture. And I don't know, like we got to start finding ways to bridge this gap and like get people educated. And, and I would love it if uh, the people that I reach out to would, uh, would for get sure. back to me, but so far I've had not much luck at that. Yeah. But I mean, and, and, and that's, me too. That's on them, not me. For sure. Like, like we're making the effort and it's going to be one of those things. Like for me, like, if one of these people who we reach out to finally has a conversation and we can be adults about it, then I'm happy with that. You know what I mean? But it's one of those things where people in our community, we got to use our platforms, you know, like that's, I guess that's a challenge we could put out to people who listen to us and people in our community who kind of do the same kind of thing as we do. Um, Like if you see stuff like this, like reach out to these people, like give them opportunity to have a conversation about like what, what happens with what we do, you know, and like, how important is this is to what like to our way of life and it's it is a it is a sport um we are that a lot of people are professionals when it comes to the way it's it's done and it's not this exclusive club that you have to be a part of to be to join in you know like it's literally anybody can do it it's just a matter we just need to, us as a, we as a community need to do a better of like communicating that message where like making it more accessible to people well it's I like think. i've said numerous times before the most searched some of the most searched stuff on my website is is rodeo schools so, yeah. you know, I think, if, I think anybody can, can get together and put one on maybe there should be more, a more, uh, structured path to having those schools. Maybe there should be a, you know, a, at one point the PRCA had like a, had a pro rodeo camp kind of thing. And then there mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. the high school associations who are, who get to have a couple of events, which is, which is great to see. And for anybody that had a problem with that, and we're talking to the crowd where everybody on listening to us for the most part, it's going to be 
on the same side as us here, but like the, every, there's every other kid sport going on right now. Mm. Why the hell can't they have a rodeo outside? As, and as long as so, they're following the rules, man, the like, like this, like these rodeos. And like, I think that's part of the disconnect though, is like people don't realize that high school rodeo is like an actual, like it's a high school sport. Like people, like the yeah. provincials finals, there's like national finals. Like 100%. these rodeos are so, so important for like, huh. for students. Like look at like you and I both got like scholarships to go to college, yeah. you know, like, like if these kids don't have these rodeos and they don't have these opportunities and, and like if like you say if Keeps any other sport can kids go in school yeah you know. uh, helps with mental health absolutely social connections as well too which is a little tough right now with what's mm -hmm. going on but yeah it, if everybody else is doing it why are we getting singled out and i don't appreciate some of the new stuff just single out yeah they're gonna have a rodeo like uh, yeah on, it's, it's kind of it's gonna negative press and again like i think that just all boils down to there's that of that disconnect between yeah the rural and urban communities when it comes especially when it comes so, to rodeo and agriculture and rather than be on the defense i think we need to be on the offense and, and there's yeah, needs to be a bit yeah. more of that going going around so and, well, and, uh, and, and when you say offense though too it's gonna be in a reasonable way like we're not looking to start fights with people no we want to have conver have conversations because i know like yeah I've seen times like when something like this comes up that people kind of get on, get on the defense or I guess, um, and get like, kind of attack and like are upset. Like, yeah. Oh, like, and that's not the way to do it. Like we need to are grownups. We're smart people. Like let's have like grown up conversations about this and make mm -hmm. it more accessible for 100%. other people, you know? Yeah. Anyways, thanks again to Scott Davis for being on the show this week. Ways, thanks for sharing. You got, you had one more thing, right? I have one more thing. Okay. We're going to lighten it up. It's been a head, been a heavy top and bottom. We'll lighten it up a bit. Right. Who do you think would win in a fight between an ostrich and an orangutan? Mm. <laughs> Probably the orangutan. I think, man, I think ostrich, like bar none. Those things are nasty. They don't have arms. They have the, man, have you seen their legs? Their inverse knees? They yeah. fuck you up, dude. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Get back at Wacy uh, with your uh, with your. Who do you think would win in a question. fight, an ostrich or an orangutan? Best ex <laughs> we'll send a we'll send a sticker to whoever gives us the best explanation on why. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Uh, okay, thanks again for listening, everybody. Again, Scott Davis, everybody at the WCRA, co-host Wacy Anderson. Great work this week. Thanks again, and uh, Sean Morton. Thanks for doing all your editing. He's actually I gave Sean a bottle of uh, good whiskey the other day, some Alberta Premium, the nice, the good stuff. The good um, stuff. Yeah, limited. So there was some kind of cool Alberta Premium. Had to support our local Calgary distillery. Uh, but Sean is the most tenured editor in Cowboy Shit podcast history with over Damn. 36. I think we think it was like 36 shows to his credit so far. And counting. And counting the most ever in podcast, in our podcast. And we got to have a show with him. With Sean? He's done some cool shit. It's true. We, uh, we'll, we'll get him on the list here sometime. We'll let him decide when he wants to be on. So anyways, thanks again, Sean. Had to give him a bottle of, uh, of whisk the other day. It was good. Some good stuff. But uh yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Again, our next show May fifth with uh, with country music entertainer, singer songwriter Aaron Watson. Excited about that show. We've recorded it already, so we look forward to getting that one out to for everybody to listen to. And uh, yeah. don't forget to buy your cowboy shit. Yeah, cowboyshit.ca. Code, Check code out. waste ten if you want to save a little bit of quiche. <laughs> there you go. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks, we'll uh, see you guys next time.